Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Right, we're live. Good. That is good that we're live. I'm completely and utterly ready for this. And I um, am hoping that everything's okay and working. Tuesday night, seven o'clock, at least I'm pretty sure it is, which can only mean one thing. And that is the Q&A that is known as hashtag ask JJ, uh, myself being JJ and uh, oh, and I'm live on uh, Facebook. Oh God, have I pressed the button? And also, yep. And also on Link, um, uh, Linktagram, as I like to call it, Instagram, as others call it. And um, yep, good evening. I've got some questions here, so um, I am going to kick off with one which is um, a tattoo. And I'm always very grateful to. Uh, patients allowing me to show photos because I do think it does jazz it up a bit so um, so I've got uh, hi Corinne good to see you I've got a photo which oh, I should know what button to press by now that's the button um, which is a tattoo on a wrist and this is a patient who has uh, contacted me um, they've had several episodes of laser um, usually I would recommend laser as a first line for tattoo removal and then um, consider surgical excision which is what uh, we do at the clinic but uh, this one there's two aspects to a um, um, hi Corinne uh, very well thank you there's two aspects to a tattoo in terms of whether it's suitable for excision and those are the um, size and the location when I say the size it doesn't it's not the absolute size it's really the shortest diameter so kind of quite a quite a big long thin one would be suitable um so it's the shortest diameter that's that's important and this one is kind of like a round shape so there is no kind of short diameter i I hope this is i'm making sense here so kind of like an oblong shape would be better than a round shape a round shape is pretty much the worst uh, the worst shape you can have because I've got to think what sort of orientation can I um, can I can I close this in if I'm going to excise it in order to get the minimum tension on the wound and really as I say it's sort of like a round so I haven't really got any options in terms of having a, a narrower um, closure so the shape uh, isn't great the size is pretty big and the location also I'm sorry to say is not great there isn't a huge amount of spare skin in the um, in the wrist area you might say oh there's quite a lot there but you've got to remember you've got to move the wrist and you know pretty much all that um uh we would call it the volar surface all all of that sort of surface of the wrist is involved with that tattoo so you're not really the the way that i remove them is by excision i don't do skin grafts so um if you're not going to do a skin graft then you've got to think how am i going to get this piece of skin to this piece of skin you know how am i going to get that closed um, and even with serial excision, even with kind of like multiple uh, excisions, I really think um, that, that I just don't think that's going to that's going to go that that's going to be able to be closed. So um, I don't 
it's 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 not a good it's not a good tattoo for excision i am sorry to say i i feel um, bad but because you know um you've got in touch and you kind of want me to help you but um it's not if it if it is any consolation i would say 80 maybe not well maybe yeah maybe 90 80 percent of the tattoos that we um get sent we can't help with for one well one reason or another um size and location those are the one reasons and the others so um you know the majority of tattoos are are, are not suitable uh either because they're too big or they if they're not big then they're in a, a bad location so um yeah this is um not going to be a great one for it's not going to be a goer for excision and personally i don't do skin grass for tattoos i don't like it i don't like the um the uh cosmetic uh effect of a skin graft doesn't look good at all and particularly in this area if you if, before you say anything if you're thinking skin skin graft might be an option it's just not good because you've got your you know you've got your, your wrist flexors the, the tendons and, and that you move your wrist and your fingers so it's just not good you you don't really want to run the risk of getting them tethered onto the skin graft so a skin graft not an option and uh sorry to say that i don't think uh, excision is, is an option either so um and i know this patient has tried i think multiple uh um laser so that you know i'm not sure where that leaves us really cosmetic makeup maybe um to, to you know but that would only be on certain occasions it wouldn't be a permanent solution so um yeah uh but th but thanks very much for letting me share the photo very grateful for that, uh, oh, not sure how to get it off now. Um, stop sharing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what else we got? We have got. Uh, is this? Yeah, I believe my boobs would have been called tubularity, um, cone-shaped breasts with puffy, swollen nipples and protruding areola areas. I went to Harley Street, had an areola reduction and implants put in. I think I must have been allergic to the stitches. The scars under the breast healed, but around the nipples, the stitches wouldn't dissolve and had an infection that lasted about a year on and off. The nipples still stretched back out and they did attempt again not long after, but they still stretched back out. I'm still conscious of my nipples and find the scar tissue sometimes shows when I'm wearing clothes. Do you think it would work to try again? I'd like to change the implants anyway, but it would be amazing if I could reduce the size of my nipples too. Um, so it sounds like what's happened is you've obviously had a problem with your scar around your areola. So uh, the problem with uh, tubular or tuberous breast is that the areola is often enlarged and herniated kind of protruding which is what you're describing and the first thing is uh tuberous breast deformity is a difficult problem to correct and um the it's kind of it's difficult when i this is all i've got to go on um Oh, it had, had it when I was 19, I'm now 38. Okay, so uh, it's difficult when this is all I've got to go on because I don't know what was done, how it was done, but I'm going to guess here that the areola reduction was done with a permanent suture because if you're saying you've had an infection that lasted about a year on and off, that's quite uncommon. And it 
says to me that maybe there was a permanent suture in there because if there's infection around a permanent suture that is not going to settle unless you remove that permanent suture because the permanent suture is a foreign body in the same way that an implant is a foreign body and if you get an infection with an implant you have to remove the implant well it's the same if you're using a permanent suture around the nipple and you get a infection around it you're in a difficult position there because what do you do do you remove the permanent suture in order for that infection to settle but then your nipple will um, enlarge again or do you ride it through and hope that you can treat the infection with antibiotics um, and try and maintain some cosmetic benefit from the from the stitch which is trying to keep the areola closed it sounds like you it sounds like it's kind of settled and you've still got a stitch in, you know, you've still got a stitch in there because you don't say that a stitch was removed or anything, but you're saying it's still stretched back out, which is always a risk with areola reduction. It can stretch back out. Um, and the scar tissue sometimes shows. I mean, um, again, hard to say without seeing you. I think it's good that you've left a long time, if that's right, if you were 19 when it was uh, done and you're now 38. Um, it will be nice to see what the scars look like to, uh, and what the areola looks like to see whether it would be possible. But in in principle, it's always possible to redo the areola reduction. That's always possible. Of course, it will give you a fresh scar. And, you know, you have had a problem. There is no guarantee you wouldn't get another problem. So you would have to kind of be pretty confident that you were, um, that you were, you were okay taking on the risk of potentially having another problem. And I always say to patients who've had problems, it's like, you know, come, I can guarantee you won't get another problem if you don't have any more surgery. It doesn't sound very good, does it, for a surgeon to be saying that, but uh, you kind of feel like you need to be, uh, you know, aware that there's always risks of problems, particularly when you're operating on areas that have been operated on before because you're dealing with scar tissue. And so there's a risk that, heal, that things might not heal up as well. And you could get further problems. And do you really want to go through that? Because let's face it, it's traumatic when you've got problems and uh, you don't want to, tra you know, you don't want to go through more problems. So you have to kind of think about whether it's worth it um, in terms of the benefit, uh, because if you did have another areola reduction, there is a risk you could get the same problem. Um, the uh, areola stretching out is less of a risk if you have a permanent suture so that, you know, it would be nice to know whether it was a permanent suture or not that you had there. Because if it wasn't, then I'd be more um, confident that potentially giving you a more long lasting result. But as I said earlier, the fact you had problems for a year suggests it was. So if you've had it stretch out and it was already a permanent suture that you had used first time, I'd be like, ooh, is that... Um, is it worth trying again? Um, so it's difficult. And I guess it depends on how bad your scars are because they're, bit, they're very old now, the scars. So I hope they've faded quite well. Um, but if the scars are still looking bad, your areola is still too big on paper, yes, it would be possible to do it again. But you'd have to be aware that there's a potential for complications again. Although obviously, anytime we embark on surgery, we are hoping it will um, not have another you, you will not have another problem um so we've got to go in with a with a positive mindset but there's a risk that it could be a, a, a you know you've got to you got to be realistic about the potential risks would you perform surgery on someone with factor 5 Leiden if they've had previously had a blood clot in each lung after a previous surgery um well it's it's always difficult giving a, a kind of um 
set answer for this because the the thing about surgery is you've got to weigh up the risks and the benefits. So you've got to weigh up the risks of of not doing surgery and doing surgery. So um, and and a lot of that weighing of that risk comes down to the patient as to the reason they're having surgery. So it depends on what surgery you're thinking of doing to them. So obviously, if you think you're doing an appendectomy where they could die if you don't do it, the risk is very heavily in favor of doing further surgery. Um, whereas if you're doing something, maybe a cosmetic procedure, particularly if they're not particularly, you know, if it's just nice to have that cosmetic procedure, but they're not, you know, um, particularly concerned about that, then you might be thinking, hold on a minute, you know, you got to be careful. Um, fact five, Leiden does increase your risks, and you previously had a blood clot in each lung. My my gut feeling is that would be one that I probably would say to you, don't have another operation. Of course, it depends what it is. If it's a mole removal, yes, okay. But another operation that's got a uh, you know another risk of of uh, of having DVTs or, or blood clots. Uh, PEs, blood clots in your lung. So if it was another operation that had a um, potential risk of further blood clots, I would probably say if you've previously had a blood clot in each lung, um, my advice would be to not have sur further surgery, although I'm very happy to discuss it with you. Um, and if uh, and if you did push it through, you'd have to get the approval of an East uh, hospital. And I think that would be difficult based on that on that basis i think the uh, risks um would be deemed pr probably i don't want to speak for them but i, I wouldn't be uh, surprised if they would take you on in terms of the hospitals and the anesthetist um but as i say even with a discussion with me i'd probably be steering you away from having further surgery and suggesting you're better off um quitting where you are perhaps I'm considering having my implants removed. Would lifting the breast be a part of this procedure? No, it would not. And the other thing to be aware of, if you are going to have your implants removed and you're in that area where potentially lifting the breasts is a, is a thing that you think there might be a bit of a droop to your breasts, actually removing your implants is going to make that droop worse. So you would have to be aware of that and be prepared for that. It would be possible to do it to lift the breast at the time of removing the implants, but that would have to be explicitly said and explicitly consented for and explicitly discussed with you because it's scarring, risks of complications, etc., with a breast lift. Um, so personally, I would I normally tell people to well, it's a bit, well I guess it depends on how you know how bad do you think it's going to look when you when you have the implants removed you're never quite sure but if you think crikey that's you know you, you really if you're not happy with the shape now you're going to be even less happy with the shape when the implants are removed because the implants will have stretched the skin to a degree but if you're kind of okay with the shape now and you think mm, i might be okay with the shape when the implants are removed there's something to be said for seeing what it looks like and then you could always have a lift later um obviously it, it um means two operations but it's uh it's another one for discussion really discussion with the patient make a plan between us uh try and do what's right for you if i wanted my implants only removed because they're too big and heavy now would the capsule also be removed even if there's no sign of capsule contraction no they would not so um the implants have been in for 11 years no they, they would not so um if you're having the implants removed and not replaced you would not need to have the capsule removed. If you're having the implants replaced, then we would need to talk about what we do within it, the capsule, because 
you potentially would remove part or, or potentially all of the capsule. But if you're not having the implants replaced, there is no need to remove the capsule. We would have a look at it if there was any concerns about it. If there was a worry about it, then we might remove some or all of it, particularly if there's any worries about it looking abnormal. We could send it in, send it off for histology. But uh, the capsule itself, once the implant has gone, is not a problem. The problem is the combination of the capsule, which is basically scar tissue around the implant, and the implant kind of compressing that implant, making it feel really hard. But once that implant's gone, the capsule kind of just is just usually pretty soft. But um, as I say, if there's any abnormal areas or if it's sometimes it can be like calcified, like really rock hard. So probably remove those areas. But um, in general terms, I wouldn't be looking to do anything significant in terms of removing the capsule um, if I'm just removing implants, which does significantly simplify the operation in terms of the time of the procedure and the risks of the procedure. The risks are increased when you start doing stuff to the capsule, like removing parts of the capsule, particularly in terms of bleeding. Um, and swelling is increased when you when you do stuff to the capsule. Why is it so important that I give all of my medical history during the initial consultation? Because um, because you're having a met well, okay. Well, I'm, I'm assuming you're potentially going to have a surgery. So if you're potentially going to have surgery, then um, you would need we would need to know what. It's uh, a funny funny question. This uh, we need to know if you're on any medication which might affect the uh, medication that we use when you're doing when we're doing the anesthetic we would need to know if you've got any medical problems which might affect your ability to heal um, we might we need to know if you're any medication um, any medical problems which might affect the medication we give you stuff like asthma stuff like uh, indigestion and and uh, stomach ulcers they are made worse by um, the non-steroidals, ibuprofen and things like that. So some of the drugs we give as painkillers can uh, exacerbate asthma or, or indigestion. Um, some um, patients might be on medication that thin the blood, which would increase your risk of bleeding. Some patients might be on medication that would delay wound healing, things like steroids or immunosuppressants, um, which would all have an effect on when we weigh up the pros and cons of having surgery um, to say whether we're going to, you know, whether it's going to be a good thing to do or not. So um, it's very important that we have as much medical information about you as possible because you're going to have an operation. So it's it's kind of what you would expect if you're having any operation, if you're going to have a hernia repair or a stomach removed or, a, you know, um, whatever operation you're going to have, you're, uh, you would be expected to um, talk about if any medical history that you might have because it might be relevant in you know in different ways you might have scarring on your abdomen for instance if you've had previous uh, abdominal surgery um, admittedly a lot of things are not that relevant you know things like diabetes increasing your risk of uh, wound healing problems and also um, we'd have to think about your sugar um, management prior to surgery so we don't want to keep your staff for too long so you know there's all sorts of medications and illnesses and um, uh, problems that can affect what we do in terms of the surgery so the best thing is to tell us everything and then we can make a judgment because I was going to say there's also a lot, awful lot of things which don't affect the uh, surgery so you're, you're absolutely right there might be things that you tell us about that won't be any uh, any uh, effect either way but it's usually best to tell us everything and then we can say sometimes we'll say oh hold on a minute you got what you got indigestion what was that you've um you've um you know you, you're asthmatic or something so these things might be 
might be relevant. So yeah, it is important to, to, to tell us tell us everything. And I wonder why the question has been asked. Is there something that um, that you are concerned about telling us? Uh, but I'm guessing you're not going to tell us what that is because by definition you're concerned about telling us. But anyway, yeah, you should um, you should tell us uh, what that is. Um, yeah, you know what? I just realised. Am I on? Why is it? Oh God! Do you know what? I'm not even sure of how I'm on Facebook. Am I? Now this thing back in the day was called Facebook Live. Anyway. Okay. Right. Anyway, professional. We'll move on. Move on. Um, okay. We'll assume I'm. Anyway, that's um, that's that. So I, I haven't got any more questions. That's uh, all my questions, Your Honour. If you've got a question, please call me, email me, drop me a line, message me, or whichever your preferred method of contact is, because I'm going to be back here next week. And God, I need to fill the the uh, fill the pot of questions because I don't want to be sitting here with my pen in my hands. Okay. So yeah, um, next week, same time, same place. I think. Pretty sure I'll be. Oh, what? It's a dead wasp. God. Um, anyway, I'll be here. So I will look forward to. I don't see Facebook. Oh man. I think I. I think I think that's it. Anyway, okay. Sorry, Corin. Good. Thanks for checking. Uh, I'll get the uh, IT team on it, and we'll. Um, I don't know what we'll do. Anyway. Eek. Anyway, there you go. You'd think I'd know what how to get it on Facebook and by now, wouldn't you? Okay. I'll have, to, I'll have to look at it. Take it easy, Instagram, and also, um, I guess it's YouTube. Hasta la vista. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.